Today's reading is in the book of Exodus chapter 1, uh, verse 1 through Exodus 6, 1. And I guess we'll call this a sort of a study in Moses, an introduction to Moses. And we're used to seeing Moses as this incredible person. He's revered among the Jewish people. He's written the first five books. He's written a psalm or two. But we need to realize that before Moses got to where the Lord put him, he was broken. God broke, used his circumstances to break him. And we just don't think of it that way. We're used to seeing a lot of people uh, who call themselves apostles and prophets, whatever, and the man of the hour, the, they say the man full of faith and power is the saying, you know, and ready to do things. But when you look at the Bible and somebody has an encounter with God, that's actually not the way it manifests. It actually breaks a person. Uh, like if you read Isaiah chapter 6, and I would recommend people listen to R.C. Sproul's study on uh, holiness. It's... Um, uh, whether in book or video form, it's uh, one of those life-changing series if you let it. You realize that when Isaiah came in face-to-face -face with the Lord, it almost destroyed him. If the Lord hadn't done something. I was listening, when I was setting up today in here, I was listening to a song on the internet. It was by Matt Papa, Show Me Your Glory, and I thought, does anybody realize what that means? If God showed his glory, this building would be a burnt-out hulk, and we'd all be dust. So, Lord, like with Moses, show me your glory. Moses had to be, like, hidden away with the Lord's hand on his face so he didn't kill him. So I, I were talking about introduction to Moses, starting in Exodus chapter 2, verse 3. We'll also deal with a, a, another... I've dealt with it before. Another, we see these movies like Charlton Heston and others with the Ten Commandments, and they have their place, but you still need to check it against Scripture. And starting in verse 3, I mean, starting in verse 1, now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a, we'll call it, it should be a basket of reeds. This translation called it a wicker basket. Why, I don't know. It's a basket of reeds. An ark. Yeah, covered it with tar and pitch. But then she put the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. You need to remember the, all the movies they have, Moses floating down the Nile River. That is actually not what the Bible said happened. This, it was deliberate, the ark, the basket, was deliberately placed in a sea of reeds, which means, and then she sat, the, Miriam sat back and waited for things to happen. Well, you don't sit there and wait for things to happen unless you know something's going to happen. So to me, that was a Moses' sister deliberately put the basket where he, she knew it would be found. And probably by 
I doubt if it would have been another Israelite if I was thanking her because it would just end up with the same situation. So she knew what she was doing. And so in verse 5, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking along the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying. She had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, Pretty bold. Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew woman that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Hmm, what a coincidence. So this seems like a setup. Now God set it up. It's still a setup. I mean, if we let the basket float down the river, it just float to the Mediterranean and never be... Verse 9, then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you wages. Paid to nurse your own child. So the woman took the child, well, so the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she named him Moses, Moshe, and said, Because I drew him out of the water. So the child was adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh. It was a deliberate act on the part of Moses' mother and uh, sister. Moses' mother nursed him for a period of time, and obviously, as we can tell later, Moses knew who he was and uh, who his people were. And then Moses was given back to the daughter of Pharaoh after he was weaned. So he was with his mother for quite a period of time. So Moses always knew he was from the nation of Israel. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. The second scene is, since Moses knew who he was and he had a privileged position, he may have had an elevated... There may be a calling. It was just out of God's timing. But he may have had it like Joseph, an elevated... Joseph, before he was sold, an elevated opinion of himself. I don't know. Now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that, and when he saw that there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. He went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other, and he said to the offender, Why are you striking your companion? But he said, who made you a prince or a judge over us? Are you intending to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and said, Surely the matter has become known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. And so Moses comes across the priest of Midian, Jethro, and he ends up with a new job working for what turned out to be his future father-in-law. He married one of his daughters, Jethro or Ruel, depending on your translations. And he had two sons, uh, Gershom and Eliezer. And according to Stephen in Acts chapter 7, 40 years passed. 
Now think about that, 40 years. If we assume it's not, it's a week till 2022, we're talking like 1982 for a reference for us. I have problems remembering what I did yesterday, let alone 40 years ago. So Moses was a brilliant man, but we're talking 40 years. He got a new job, a wife, two kids, and you need to remember, since this is 40 years, his kids were grown up. We don't think about that. But 40 years, his kids were not, unlike you see in the movies, weren't like knee high, they were my height. They were older, they may even have had their own kids. We just don't think of that. A long period of time came through. Exodus chapter three, starting in verse three. 40 years later, equivalent to 40 years from us from 1982, Moses fled to save his life, thinking maybe that life is over. God will, in fact, never use me. Yet God is calling Moses back to Egypt. Moses, at this time, is less sure of himself. He's more hesitant. He's more unwilling. So we'll start in verse 3. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he, Moses, said, Here I am. Then he, the Lord, said, Do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses' first immediate result of that statement is Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. That's what happens when you look at God. You become afraid. Verse 10. So now that the Lord has confronted Moses, Moses begins to see the big difference between himself and God. And he's like, me? Are you kidding? You're calling me? Starting in verse 10. Therefore, come now. I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he, the Lord, said, and this is the reason, it's not Moses, it's God. Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be the sign to you, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. Verse 13, Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am, the eternal self-existent one. And he said, 
Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me saying, I am indeed concerned about you and what has been done to you in Egypt. Moses comes face to face with the Lord at the burning bush. Unlike in the times past, he now comes face to face with his inabilities, his sins. He now, he's not sure of himself. He hears God calling him, but can it be true? As you see, it says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And God's answer is, I will be with you. And let's do Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Moses still is unsure of himself. Moses said, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. The Lord furthermore said to him, Now put your hand into your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then he said, Put your hand into your bosom again. And when he took it out of his bosom, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you or heed the witness of the first sign, they may believe the witness of the second sign. But if they do not believe even these two signs or heed what you say, then you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on dry ground. The water which you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. So in many respects, it's a type of Yeshua in that they didn't believe Yeshua. And Yeshua said, well, if you don't believe me, believe me because of the signs that he gave. So the signs that Moses gave the children of Israel and the signs that Yeshua gave healing people, walking on water, etc., uh, casting out demons was proof that Yeshua was from God. And so Moses eventually says, um, it's interesting, when Moses came face to face with his insecurities and his inabilities, Lord seemed to have no problem with it. I mean, he's God, I'm not. You're going to have those kind of feelings. But it's when Moses said in chapter four, um, verse 13, please Lord, send the message by whomever you will. In other words, send the message by whomever you will. You know, send somebody else. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses and he said, is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks fluently, and moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. 
So it wasn't until Moses said, choose somebody else, that the Lord got angry. The Lord understands our weakness, that we're dust. But when he calls us, he calls us. And when we say, when we refuse, then he gets angry. Amen.